Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, episode 58. Hey, podcast listeners, welcome back to the show. Just want to acknowledge my daughter. She was my intro person today. So fun. I love getting the kids interested in what I'm doing. They're fascinated by it. We've had some great conversations listening to some of my interviews, (laughs) especially the ones on topics that are tough to talk about. I just turned the podcast on and We listen in together and have conversations based on what comes up. It's pretty cool. Anyway, hi, welcome back. It's only been a week, but for some reason, it feels like it's been longer. Um, Yeah, today's show, I'm so excited about today's show. Kelly Pfeiffer is coming on. Kelly is a friend of mine and a colleague and uh, she is a certified positive discipline lead trainer and the owner of Think It Through Parenting. Uh, she's also a certified master trainer for the South Carolina Child Care Training System, and she trains child care providers on a variety of topics, including child development, child discipline, social, emotional development, dance and movement exploration. Kelly is a mama to a 23-year-old son, a 20-year-old daughter, a 23-year-old stepdaughter, and a 21-year-old stepson. Whoa, we're all going to get there, peeps. Um, I asked her to come on the show, and I wanted to talk specifically about special time. So you're going to hear us talk about special time as a tool for building relationship with our kids. And as you've heard me say many times... The most powerful tool we have for influencing the behavior of our children is the relationship that we've built with them. So whether you are a new parent with young kids under five or an old parent like me with kids that are in their teens, either showing up in their teens or heading out of the teens, you know, special time remains an important tool for focusing in on. So Yeah, so Kelly and I are going to have a great conversation about that. I'm so excited that you're listening. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. 
And I hope that you like what you hear. Come back for more. I've got tons of shows for you to peruse. If you are a longtime fan, thank you. Thank you for continuing to show up and for supporting me. I have fun stuff to tell you after the interview, so make sure you stick around till the end. Big, huge love. Let's meet Kelly. Hey there, Kelly. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Hi, Casey. It's great to be here. Hey, I'm so glad that you are here. Please tell the listeners a little bit about your family and your journey to doing what you do. Wow. Okay. Let's see. My journey began. I'll start that to introduce my family. My journey began when I had my first child and he was 18 months old. And I totally did not know what I was doing. And it was actually my mother-in-law who suggested I read the book Positive Discipline. So I read the book and I was like, why didn't anybody tell me all this? How come no one that I know knows this information? This is awesome stuff. So I started using it. And then I looked for positive discipline parenting classes in my area. There's not a single person teaching them in the entire state of South Carolina. So I decided I was that person. I went to get the training and I've been teaching classes for about 16 years. And I have a son who is 23 and a daughter who is 20. So I was married to their dad at the time, and then after I had been married 17 years to him, we got a divorce, and then I dated and ended up marrying a man who had two children, and he had full custody. He still has full custody. So we married when our four children were 15, 15, 13, and 12. Oh my gosh, you're like the Brady Bunch with four instead of six. What were we thinking? Wow. (laughs) It was was really hard. And I thought, how are all these other families managing this? I have actually, I have some parenting tools here that I can use. I have all these wonderful positive discipline tools that I love. And it's still really hard to blend a family. So Mm -hmm. what are these other blended families doing? Do they know some other special Secret, I don't know, but then I started talking to them and found out, yes, they were struggling a lot too. I think that's so important, and I love it when my guests will talk about that, Kel, because I feel like there is a tendency to throw out there, oh, these amazing tools, if you just do this, like here's the magic formula, and and then everybody's going to be really easy and cooperative all the time, and you're going to be calm. And it's just like Zen City. And the reality is they are not robots. They are humans. And even when we have the knowledge and have the tools, there is still this whole emotional cauldron that can suck the best of us (laughs) down in it, right? Definitely. And the blended family thing just brings in so many other variables. Like it's, it's blending two family cultures Mm-hmm. who might have very different ways of doing something and both ways might be fantastic ways, but then you try to blend those ways into something else and people get hurt and get upset and, oh, wow, we had lots of messy things going on. So especially, what was one of the, go ahead, sorry. Especially at first, it was all, the, right. the first year was just really, really hard. 
So what were some of the tools that, what were the tools or the tool that was the most helpful with that? I know that we're not actually going to be focusing a lot on blended families, but just since we're having this conversation, what did you find as a parent educator in the muck of blending two families? What did you find stumbling through was useful? Wow. So after I stumbled and fell on my face about, I don't know, <laughs> 27 times, uh, building the relationship was really the best tool. And yeah. so doing things like I remember uh, taking my daughter to get her hair cut for the first time at a salon because her hair was long and her dad had always just trimmed the trimmed the ends. And so she wanted, she was in high school, wanted to go to get her hair cut. And I said, I'll take her. So just to do that. And then we went through a drive-through to get like a, I can't remember if it was a coffee or an ice cream or something after that. Um, so we did that together. So just Love little that. things like that to build the relationship is really what helped the most. Yeah. Yep. So today on the show, we are going to talk about a tool that is so key in that relationship building department. Um, and as we were talking before I hit record, you know, I was saying that often the small subtleties of this tool are missed by parents sometimes. And so I'm so excited to talk to you about this and to drill down and really um, share a deeper understanding of application of the tool of special time, because um, I know it comes up a lot in my classes. I know that you reference it a lot in the work that you do with parents. So just to start uh, talking about special time, can you um, describe this? How do you present the special time tool as a tool for parents? Well, that's a great question. I talk about it a lot. I'm trying to think of just the, the one way, but to me, it's it's like the thing that makes everything else easier. If you will just do this one tool, um, it's uh, like an article I wrote for the Compass magazine this past um, issue. I called it the closest thing to fairy dust. So there's no magic fairy dust. We don't have any. I've looked. I'm sure all the parents out there have looked for it. It does not exist. But this connection with your kids is the closest thing I've found to fairy dust. And special time is just a nice big chunk of fairy dust for your kids. And it it just makes everything easier. And I, I don't know. I'm just so glad that I discovered how powerful it was. And that I continued to do it even when my kids were teenagers and it didn't seem like they really wanted to spend a lot of time with me and that I didn't know very much information, you know, uh, but uh, we still, we still did special time. And it was, to me, it was the magical connection that even held things together through those rough teen years. So paint me a picture of special time. Like, let's start, you know, with our youngest kids. Are there... Um, like I know there's, a, when I present about special time, I talk about, um, you know, and, and I think it, well, I, I talk about duration. I talk about frequency. I talk about, um, 
you know, letting it be really child led? Like what are kind of the over, what's the overarching structure that you talk about without being, you know, I know that I lose people when I say structure because there's, you know, my friends who are like so spontaneous and structure, what's that? But I think that when we want to use special time as a tool for building relationship, there's some things to keep in mind. So paint a picture for the listeners about what special time could look like. Let's start with a young child, like a child under five. Okay, so my first structure guideline for special time is it needs to be on the calendar. If it's not on the calendar, if it's not planned, it usually is not gonna happen on a consistent basis. Now you can do the consistent thing and have it on the calendar and then do some spontaneous events in between or an addition, but having it on the calendar is huge. So um, I can't remember where we're going with this, but that's one of the things. And then two is um, having it be child-led. Lots of times my kids and I would take turns and decide you know, what we were doing. So the kid would decide for one week. We, we did it once a week at least. Uh, we were talking about young children. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to young children then. Um, Man, young children, when they're 18 months old, you can sit in the floor and roll a ball back and forth once a day and you're good. And that is fabulous. And um, I mean, you play a lot with a young child and they're so darn cute and so you know demanding in a cute way of attention. That one's pretty simple. You usually spend mm -hmm. a lot of time with that young child. So are you talking young all the way up to preschool age? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So with preschoolers, we did a lot of things that were um, child-led or child-appropriate, and our family loved to play games. So we found these cooperative games, and I cannot remember the name of the game com company that um, that publishes them, but we played uh, cooperative games or some card games for kids that were just totally non-competitive so that we could just have learning and bonding, that kind of thing. Um, just going on a bike ride with your preschooler mm -hmm. around the neighborhood is fun. Um, we, we kind of made it special in that, um, sometimes we, I keep a picnic blanket in the back of the car in my van, my minivan that I still have. And you got to get rid of that. Your kids are out of the house. You don't well, have to have a minivan anymore. It's paid for. <laughs> my minivan's paid for. So that's why I'm holding on to it. So, um, kept some things in the back of the van so that, say, when I dropped one kid off at Taekwondo, the other kid, the other child, and I would maybe head out to this uh, lake area that we um, knew of, and there's a, you could ride bikes around the lake, so the bikes stayed in the back of the van a lot. We kept some games in there, and then so we would just take our little snack, picnic blanket, sit there, play a game, sit there, watch the ducks. It doesn't have to be anything that costs much money. That's one of the big, big things, especially with preschoolers. Yeah, I talk about that too. And, and it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. And it's funny when I bring up special time, a lot of the time the stay-at-home moms in the crowd kind of look at me like, are you kidding me? I'm doing special time from the morning till the night, you know, but right. I think it's really important to point out that it is really intentional time. So making a point of turning off your phone and leaving it in the other room and being on the floor fully present and, you know, playing with stuffed animals or playing with dolls or playing dress up, whatever that child wants to do. And, and when there's 
often there'll be two kids under five or a preschooler and a baby. And one of the suggestions that I often will give, I love your, you know, dropping one kid off and taking another for a little time together. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.activeskinrepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. But also naps, you know, when they're when the baby has, you know, is taking more frequent naps, that kind of, that can free you up to get on the floor. And it doesn't have to be hours at a time, right? Oh, no. I mean, 30 to 45 minutes. I remember when you're talking about naps, that when my younger child went down for a nap, I have all kinds of documentations and pictures that I took of, I wrapped a box, like a shoe box in butcher block paper and my son and and I wrapped a box for me and a box for my son and we got some paint out and we each painted our box with paint. It was great. He loved it. I thought it was kind of calming myself and we just bonded. So it, we didn't, I didn't have the distraction of a cell phone then. So I do think that's an extra challenge for parents these days. Um, But it's just fun time. 
You're not mm. having to accomplish anything. You're not talking about behavior issues. You're just enjoying being together. Yeah. And then, so would you say that for our youngest kids, those under fives, that looking for an opportunity for that 20, 30, 40 minute stretch once a day? Oh, sure. If you're a stay at home mom, if you can fit that in once a day, that would be more, more magic fairy dust. Right. And if you're not a stay at home mom and that feels like a lot, I mean, there's as often as you can, right? Just progress, not perfection as often as you can. Bedtime's another great time. I have parents that share with me, um, you know, like if there's more than, if there's two kids, then mom and dad or, or both parents will, if there's two parents, will take turns with each child and then swap. And so each parent gets that one-on-one -on -one conversation time and highs and lows are great, are great conversation starters at bedtime or something fun and or a time when you were brave I like to ask that question when were you brave today or were you brave today or what was something that made you laugh today so really open-ended questions and if you're like I'm sure that other families I'm not alone but the minute I say good night is when my kids say whoa, 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 whoa wait mom 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 come back you know oh, yeah. so if I know that's going to happen every night I might as well just lay down and get comfortable Yep. Because they have stuff they want to talk about. Yeah, we did what something a, similar. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, so as kids get older and life gets busier, um, and you gave an example of a special time uh, when we can drop one child off and take another on an outing. But how does how did you find special time shifted as kids got more into the school age time? It was definitely harder to find time because they were in school during the day. Then they have that dreaded homework that we love, uh, not love. <laughs> so, you mean homework time isn't special time? <laughs> what? No, 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 not. So um, it was a little more challenging because there just hour, weren't as many hours in the day when I was with my children or could be with them because they were in school. Yeah. So that was a little more challenging. Sometimes we did that on the weekends. Um, while you were talking, I thought of another um, couple more examples of things that we did that were so simple and cost very little money. Um, we drove to the park and there one of the one of our parks has those swings with the really, really long chains so that you can go really, really high in the swings. So when my kids were in elementary school, we did that a couple times. Um, so just the two of us, you know, mm. lots of times when we go to the park, it's I go talk to the moms and the kids play with the kids, but this was just mom and a kid yep. for elementary. And then the other, what was the other idea I was thinking? Oh, so back to young kids for a second that works with uh, school age kids as well. Um, if people know, if parents know positive discipline, they know that uh, giving children chores to do or as deciding on chores as a family and who's doing what, but that kids having chores and taking responsibility in the family is really helpful for kids. And so one of the ways that I kind of stuck in some special time and accomplished that goal of the chores is to have each kid help me cook dinner one night a week. So it was separate. So one night, one child was helping me cook and the other night, another child was helping me cook. So we had that time to do something together that was fun and teach. It was you know teaching a skill and talking all at, all at once. And so they did this 
their entire lives from the time they were preschoolers. And then when they got in high school, sometimes they were quite busy, but we would try to work their schedule and their activities around what night they could help me cook. So sometimes it was they could only help me cook on the weekends because they were busy the other weeknights. But one of um, one of our special time activities that they loved that was similar to that is um, baking cookies together. Hmm. So when my son was 16, I know we're skipping around with age groups, but he was 15 or 16, and um, he put on Facebook or Twitter, I can't remember which one, baking cookies with my mom. Oh, yay. For <laughs> special time, I so satisfying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when our children acknowledge us on social media. Exactly. So that's one of my claims to fame of parenting teens is uh, we had baked cookies so many times together over the years. And we don't, I mean, I don't bake cookies a lot, probably four, six times a year, maybe. And he and I had this peanut butter cookie recipe that we made from scratch. And he said when he was 16, can we make those cookies again? I'm like, sure. So we made the cookies. It was great. Oh, I love that. And actually back in the spring, I had Amy Nobler on, who's another positive discipline parent educator. And she was actually talking about this episode 33. She talked about building relationship in the kitchen and that's her whole jam. So I love that you brought that up too. And uh, this is, and it's funny because just recently my kids, like I've finally come to the point where I am going to bring to our next family meeting the fact that I don't want to be in charge of dinner. Like I don't want the responsibility every day when five o'clock rolls around to have thought about what I need to pull out or what I need to have. Like I don't, I don't enjoy cooking that much. And so I find myself super resentful every night and my system is, well, I just won't say anything until somebody else says, what's for dinner? And I can say, <laughs> what would you like to cook? And it's just kind of not very helpful system. So um, my husband and I were talking and I said, you know, I would like to have a plan and have a schedule. I don't mind doing dinner a couple times a week, but I would love to schedule it out so that you know what nights you're cooking and we can give each kid a night or two and just kind of. And it was such a, re it was like this huge weight taken off of me to just say what I need. Like, yes, I'm a woman. Yes, I'm a mom. No, that does not mean by default that I have to be in charge of dinner every night. So that's, this is a total tangent to our conversation, <laughs> but it's alive right now in my life. And yeah, anyway, so, and I love it when the kids want to help. And it's so fun in the kitchen too, when they want typically when they want to help because I'm also thinking about life skills because I didn't cook. It's probably why I don't, I'm not a big fan of cooking is because I didn't do a lot of cooking growing up. And so I feel like I don't have a good cooking head. Like Ben laughs at me because I, you know, I, I, I follow the recipe. I am a recipe follower and I cannot just wing it. Um, but the idea of giving my kids more experience in the kitchen so that when they are, when they're 40, almost 43, they can do a little bit of winging it and feel more comfortable in the kitchen. But what a great way to learn something new together and to build relationship. And I think that that ultimately, you know, that's the biggest piece about this special time thing is relationship. And I always say on the podcast and on, you know, in various places where I talk that the relationship that we have 
is the most powerful tool for influencing behavior. And it's funny, it's interesting to me, and I wonder about your experience, but when people come through our seven-week class, and at the very first week, you know, we do an activity called Parent Helping Parent Problem Solve, and um, the the on the list, always something that shows up on the list of solutions to whatever, typically whatever problem the parent brings is one-on-one -on -one time, special time. And often parents will look at me like, how is special, how is special time going to help my daughter quit hitting and kicking the dog, right? Or how is special time going to help with my teenager who is throwing back talk and won't help out with chores. And it's like that trust the process mantra, right? It's this foundational place. And that's, I think, what it's not a manipulation tool. It's not like, okay, for obedience, this is what you do. It's really simply like this, our kids are fellow humans, right? They're human beings that we are in relationship with. And and it's not about manipulating them. It's simply about, you know, and this goes back to belonging and significance, right? Oh, yeah. Because when, we're, when we feel close, when we feel connected, when we know that we matter to another human, we're going to show up better. It's totally how it is. And I encourage parents to think about how their relationship is with their spouse or a significant other when things are going well and one person asks the other one, hey, if you're going to the kitchen, make a sandwich or get a snack, can you get me some too? And so if things are going well, the other one's like, sure, sounds great. I'd love to do that. And when the relationship isn't going well and it's just about coexisting and it's just about getting through the day and one person says, can you fix me a sandwich or get me a snack too on your way to the kitchen, the other person might turn and say, uh, what's wrong with your legs? What's wrong with yeah. your arms? I have done 27 things for you already today. Right. And so that illustrates that point that closeness and bonding in their relationship is like one of them, like it's sort of what everything else comes from, all the other interactions. It It's, it's like the glue that holds it all together. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I have my 13 year old who I love dearly. She is my teacher. And I notice that when she and I are at odds, when I can lift out of the of being in the muck with her, when I can kind of stick, take a step back and recognize like, wow, this has been a few days now that we've been kind of eh, eh, eh. I, 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 I try to always ask the question, when was the last time that we had one-on-one -on -one time? And more often than not, it's it had it will have been a while, right? So yeah. if I can simply look for the opportunity, and sometimes it's simply just plopping down on her bed and saying nothing. Of course, she looks at me like I'm crazy and is like, "What are you doing?" And I say, "Nothing. I'm just gonna lay here." And after a few awkward moments, she's chattering away at me. So. And even, and you know, and, and with my son, it's power struggles. We get into power struggles. I get really critical. And again, it's that question. It's first A, like, wow, I'm in lots of power struggles with my child, kind of stepping out of it, recognizing it. And then when was the last time we did something fun together, just the two of us? 
And when, and that's such a powerful entry point. And what happens is, as we reconnect the power struggle or the back talk or whatever the issue is, I mean, it doesn't go away forever, but it definitely, the sting of it lessens, the time between grows and it, everybody just feels better. And when we feel better, we do better. We do Thank better. Thank you, Jane Nelson, for that quote. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> true. So, so I have worked with parents and I'm wondering what your experience has been when, you know, because of the parenting style or because of whatever the situation is, parents decide, okay, yes, this is absolutely something that I need to bring to my relationship with my child and the child's really resistant. Um, you know, and I'm thinking about teens, but I'm, I'm thinking also about just those situations where there's been some hurt uh-huh. perhaps in the relationship what are you how do you coach parents around that around that resistance to connection um i might suggest that the parent try to repair the hurt with the three hours of recovery or a tool like that and, and really address the hurt and ask could it be that you don't want to spend time with me because i've said some hurtful things yesterday or last week or mm-hmm. that we have you know that we have this tension and so if that's the case, then the parent can say, I promise we're not going to talk about that at all during special time. So I can do this. I can, you know, some parents can and some parents can't not bring it up. So if, if you think you're going to bring it up, then make the special time really short, say t- even 10 minutes, just to build trust in your child that you can spend time with them and not bring up the issue and not be critical Make that very clear that this is not a time for to talk about behavior, grades, whatever conflict situations are going on, that that's going to be put aside. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, too, I, and I think that I didn't realize what a tall order it was to invite parents into the repair process until I had a parent in my class who said that she was taught by her mom that parents don't say sorry. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. 
I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And and it just helped me to realize, you know, really the invitation is to be vulnerable as an adult to the child, to be vulnerable enough to say, I made a mistake and I'm sorry that I treated you like that. And it wasn't okay for me to treat you like that. And, um, and also like, again, trusting the process, but being unattached too to whatever the response is from your child, because sometimes the response might be, yeah, you were a huge bitch, mom, or, you know, it's okay, mom, I love you anyway. I mean, the whole range, right, can show up and it's not about how they respond. It's about going through the steps of modeling and and showing up in relationship at human to human, like, I screwed up and I'm sorry and this is what I'm going to do differently. And I think, and I've said this before on the podcast, but this is the most powerful piece of that making repair is that resolve, right? That this is what I'm going to do next time I feel that way. This is what you're going to notice. I'm going to take deep breaths. I'm going to walk away. And then, because if you're going to put it out there, you better follow through. So that's, you know, to me, the repair process is so key, um, especially in the resolve with our kids. And and don't, just because they're resistant the first few times doesn't mean don't give up, right? Keep at it. Make it part of your family routine, wouldn't you say? Definitely. So when they, when my kids were teenagers and they did have other, many other things on their schedule um, than spending time with mom. I said, okay, I'll check in with you next week. So always asking again. And um, my kids had just knew that was the routine because they had been doing it since they were three years old. So it didn't seem quite foreign to them. So if you're starting in the teenage years, I can see how it would be a little more challenging. And then just talking more about the teen years, um, when I did blend, uh, have that blended family situation, then I started having all four kids help me cook one night a week. So I did get to spend time with um, my stepchildren cooking as well and teaching them. And so that's a that was a bonding activity. And at first it wasn't, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think um, my stepson called for one of the recipes that I had taught him how to make. Uh, He was in he's in college now. So he called and he wanted to make that recipe for uh, a friend, a girlfriend who was coming over. And he called and asked me for the recipe. So I knew he would know how to handle it because I had taught him how to make that. So that was a nice Nice thing to hear. I love that. And I think what you said so important too, Kelly, and I think it falls on, you know, so much of the positive discipline tools is when you put things in play and they just become a given, 
whether it's routines or helping out with family jobs or family meetings or making agreements, following through, retweaking the agreements, like regardless, or even talking about flipping your lid and using the hand gesture, when that starts to become just like the common language, the common culture of the family, when you know, the kids get older or when big things show up, it's like the container is already set, you know, the structure is already there. And while it's still emotional and it still can feel overwhelming and you still might, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I still, I have plenty ahead of me that's going to make me feel like, oh my God, but I can lean on these structures that the kids understand and know and are familiar with, including special time, including time together. Exactly. So, you know, we had plenty of challenges going on in our family. We did have the divorce and the blending family and some other issues, but they knew, and this was challenging when they were teens, they knew when we went out for special time that I was not going to talk about any of those challenges. I wasn't going to ask them to problem solve or do much. It was just downtime, fun time. And um, yeah, that is one of the biggest gifts I think I gave to my kids over all those years. Just think about if you add up all those times that I had my attention totally focused on them and just listening. I I would turn my listening ears on and try not to talk as much, especially then, because we parents can get into that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us more than others. (laughs) So I really try to keep my mouth shut and listen. And I don't think I would know as much about my kids' lives, especially in um, middle school and high school, if I, if I hadn't practiced doing that and if I didn't stay committed to doing that. And, of course, I would want to ask questions. So what boy do you like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, don't I'm in that. it. I'm in, the, I'm in the throes <laughs> right now, Kelly. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I so appreciate having you, my friend and colleague. You're welcome. So is that I have, already? Well, no. Do you have more that you want to say? We could talk all day long, Cal, if you want. <laughs> but I don't know how long your I mean, podcast People listen. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, wanted, I had a, a list of ideas when we, you said we were going to talk about special time and you invited me to talk about that. I had one more idea that I just love and it worked out so well. And yeah. then I wanted because I think some parents might really love this one. So the idea about spending money, not spending money, how much money sounds appropriate to spend for this special time, because a lot of parents just want to say, well, let's go to the movies, let's rent a video. And those were two that I would say, unless you're just trying to get your kid to do anything and they're resistant, maybe do that. But do something where you're face to face. So I we didn't watch movies very often and we didn't go to the movies. We did it occasionally, but that was fine because we weren't doing that most of the time. So back to the money piece. Um, I, our family was on a tight budget for plenty of time. So I started this idea that at the beginning of each month, I put a $20 bill in an envelope and wrote one child's name on the front and then uh, a $20 bill in another envelope and wrote the other child's name. So this is when I just had the two kids. This was before I blended. And that was our special time money for the month. But then we got to decide what are we going to do with this $20? Do we want to go out to, um, you know, say Moe's restaurant and find a coupon and do the buy one, get one, and then have more money for 
maybe to go to uh, get some ice cream one time. So we had to have conversations around what to do with this money and weigh options and kind of listen to each other. And once the $20 was, was gone for the month, then if we were on week four of special time and had no money, then we had to decide what are we going to do? And I think that's one of the times that my son and I baked the cookies at our house because we had all the supplies at the house and we didn't need to spend any more money. So I, I just thought, wow, this worked out so well. I just kind of decided on a whim because we were we were having issues with money and, and I thought, well, I'm spending too much on special time. Um, and it wasn't really a lot of money. But anyway, they could learn uh, money lessons and how far money goes and, and that you need to kind of pick your priorities and decide what you're going to do. Because if you're going to go see a play downtown Greenville, at that with that money then wow it, you know you're gonna have to save up for a couple times or it's all gone and I love that oh my gosh my head is totally spinning like and we have to have an we should have an envelope for family out to dinner night and oh my gosh this would <gasps> thank you for sharing that what a great idea you're so full of those great ideas Kelly well, it's, you know how you just stumble on something and then you look back and go hey that was pretty good <laughs> so- <laughs> It was Love it. A way of budgeting. But then I looked at pos- I thought, oh, they're gonna learn so many positive discipline skills or life skills from this. And it it was great. It was awesome. totally great. So I wanted to share that idea for parents. Nice listeners. Let us know. Let us know how your envelopes work for your special time because that is fun. I am gonna start that. I'm excited. So I always end my show with the same question for my guests. Kelly. And so my question for you is, what does joyful courage mean to you? Wow. Wow. That means being courageous and feeling the fear and doing it anyway with an attitude of joy. So I'm going on this adventure. I'm not sure what's going on, but (laughs) I'm, I'm going to have the lens of let's find out what this is like and enjoy the process. And I know that's a challenge. That's, that's been a challenge for me in my life. I know it is for other people. But just to en- enjoy the moment right now. And even when I feel fear and I'm having to use my courage and stepping forward into that, that I do it with this attitude of grace for myself in the situation and excitement. And I think, well, what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. Even if I make a mistake, I'm going to learn something cool or experience something cool from whatever this is that I'm having to use the courage for. Awesome. Love that. Thank you. Tell the listeners where they can find you and follow your work and make sure you talk about your midweek movies. What do you call them? Midweek? Check-in video. (laughs) Check-in video. Yeah. Tell us about, about your offers, Kel. Okay. So I have a website. It's thinkitthroughparenting.com. Type all that in. Think It Through Parenting, T-H-R-O-U-G-H. I have a Facebook page. That's Think It Through Parenting. And on Twitter, I am at Parenting. P-O-S-D-I-S, Parenting. And each week I send out a parenting tool newsletter. So every Sunday, the subscribers to my list get a parenting tool email 
So each email features a different parenting tool. So that's on Sunday. And about a month ago, I started posting a midweek check-in video on Wednesday of the week. So the Wednesday midweek check-in video is about the Sunday tool that came in their email box. And so I put the week in uh, the midweek video check-in video on <laughs> Facebook. So um, I, I don't, I, I'm not sending it out to the subscribers yet, but I may start doing that. I, I don't like to overwhelm the newsletter subscribers with too many um, emails. So another option is if, if they want to see the video, they can like my Facebook page and then also um, click that they want to get all notifications and they awesome. can get the video that way. I will make sure that all of those links that you just mentioned, Kelly, are in the show notes. So listeners, if you're thinking, ah, wait, what did she say? What was her Twitter handle? Just look in the show notes and you will see the links there. And what about your, don't you have a September little something program? I do have something coming up um, just now getting out, starting to even mention it. So it will be a parenting camp. So it's online though. So it's online parenting camp. We're just going to pretend we're going away to camp. And really it's just a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, and a Thursday night all in a row. And it's 35 minutes of me online. So it's a camp meeting for three nights, but 35 minutes. I think parents are busy. So I'm uh, hoping they can get away and get to their computers for at least 35 minutes for three nights. So that will be my parenting camp. And then just in October, I'm teaching a two-day uh, workshop for people who want to become positive discipline parent educators. And that is in Greenville, South Carolina on really? October 6th and 7th. So I've been awesome. getting registrations coming in for that and looking forward to spending two days training parent educators in October. Great. And so I'm going to put links to both of those. Will you make sure that you give me a link for your parenting camp so that I can put it in the show notes so people can sign up? Yes? Yes. Sign up? They can, uh, well, I don't have that out yet. That will be out it's okay. soon. Okay. It's okay. This show won't go live for a couple weeks. So all right. Sounds it's good. all good. So, so parents, listeners, I'll make sure those links are on there. And if you, you know, if you are thinking, oh, wait, she is near me or not too bad of a drive and you want to check out this whole positive discipline parent educator thing, Kelly is a lead trainer and just all around fabulous. And I can only imagine um, how prepared and excited and empowered the participants of your two-day workshop are going to feel to take this work into their communities. So I will make sure to have a link to that as well. Thank you. I think we already have some people coming from Wisconsin. Oh, see? All the way to South Carolina. Talked to awesome. them yesterday. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll make sure those are in the show notes. And thank you again. Thanks for spending time with me and coming on the show. You are so welcome. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. Anytime I have the chance to talk to Kelly Pfeiffer, I am so excited because she's so helpful and encouraging and mellow, and I just feel so empowered every time I talk to her. Love that lady. Thanks again, Kel, for coming on the show. So here we are, and I'm just going to wrap things up here. I'm really excited to tell you that I have a brand spanking new program that is going to begin next 
Monday, September 12th. So this podcast is going live here September 6th. So you have a few days and I want you to check out this new offer of mine. You know that I did this whole Joyful Courage 10 program not too long ago. I had over 400 people um, in the program and, and being guided and being more intentional around the way that challenges show up and deciding who they want to be in the in the heat of those challenges and then practicing that way of being. Well, the new program that I have is a 10-week program instead of 10 days and it is going to be so awesome. It's called the Intentional Parenting Project and it is all about coupling the internal work of showing up well, right? Showing up connected and centered with a calm body. So that internal work of being in control of ourselves, coupling that with tried and true positive discipline tools, both in the moment tools as well as proactive tools that you can be using to create systems, build relationships so that our kids are more invited into cooperation and contribution and our home space is ever more loving and connected. It doesn't mean that there won't be challenges, that there's no longer conflict in the home because really the challenges and the conflict, that's when we get to practice these great life skills that we want our kids to one day embody, right? It's also where we, the adults, get to model those life skills. But what it does do is it just takes the edge off and it brings people closer together and it gives you some systems and some tools to fall back on when things kind of feel like they're spinning out of control. The great thing about the program is that it doesn't matter if you have a two or a three-year-old or a 16, 17-year-old, this is going to be helpful to you no matter what. And it starts really soon, so get in on the registration. Uh, if you go to www.joyfulcourage.com slash intentional parenting, www.joyfulcourage.com slash intentional parenting, you will be able to access the registration. The program is $149 for 10 weeks, but I know, super bargain. And I'm just so honored and blessed and excited that I get to guide parents through this really powerful work. Uh, even just the 10 days, I'm getting feedback that people are feeling like there's already transformation happening in their home. They feel like the content and the space that I hold for them is something that they can really put into action. It's very practical and it's making a difference and that's the goal. I wanna make a difference. I want you to make a difference. I wanna support, guide, encourage, empower you to live the life you wanna live, to be the parent you wanna be, right? To have love in your heart, to let go of that resentment, annoyance and negative emotions that can show up when we're parenting because we're humans not robots raising humans and not robots anyway check it out um, all the links to kelly will be in the show notes don't forget that you can follow me on facebook at joyful courage as well as twitter and instagram at joyful courage i also have a community page on Facebook called Live and Love with Joyful Courage. Please ask to join. I will accept you and you can get into on the conversation there. Big, huge love to each and every one of you. Until next time. Oh, next time, which is Thursday. Be looking for, if you are a subscriber, you have to be a subscriber to the podcast through iTunes. If you are a subscriber, 
you can listen in on the Ask Casey in just a couple days. So, hooray. Okay, love, love, love ya. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.